Welcome to another Restoration Church Live podcast. This episode is brought to you by Jesus the Christ, the one who, after making purification for sins, sat down. Where did he sit down for us? At the right hand. At the right hand of the majesty on high. Uh, Welcome to another Church Live podcast. So glad that you've joined us. Uh, We have this episode for the aim of having you community of Restoration Church to be informed and inspired in the work of making disciples that delight in the supremacy of Christ. That's the why the Restoration Church Life podcast exists so that you, community of faith, will be informed. And you're going to get a lot of information today and inspired. And hopefully you'll be inspired today to get on in the work of reading so as to make disciples uh, that delight in the supremacy of Christ. All right, guys. So this is the most anticipated podcast of the year, at least it used to be, in Restoration Church Life Podcast 1.0. So um, we're going to be talking today about books, about books. So we are a community that likes to read a lot. We think you should read good books. Most importantly, read the book. So let me say that right from the beginning. If you have a choice to either read Christian books about the Bible or the Bible, choose the Bible every time. Always read the Bible, which by the way, a few of us Read the Bible together this year. I finished the Bible in a year. It's fantastic. Uh, But we love that book. We talk about it every single week. But today we're going to talk about Christian books. We want to commend to you, listeners, good Christian books. And you are going to have today at least 11. That's right, 11. You're like, oh my gosh, that's so many. Uh, But don't worry. We're going to put the notes. We're going to put the book names in the notes of this show or in the email that this notification goes. Don't feel the need to type all these out. You're going to get some uh, later notes as to all the books that are going to be recommended with you. So listen, I'm not by myself. I've already recommended one person, or I've already mentioned one person that's here, and that is, who is here? Forrest Holcomb. Speak up, Forrest. <laughs> Forrest Holcomb. Forrest Holcomb, who is from where? Uh, Georgia, originally. Georgia. What, what part of Georgia? Marietta, Georgia. Do you like peaches? Uh, I do like peaches, especially with whipped cream on top. Excellent. We also have with us Lexi Moore. Alexandra, not Perez, but Moore. Yes, I am from Jersey. Jersey. She used to be a member of Campus Outreach, but she's gainfully employed in other ways now, but still making disciples. Amen. Yeah, you did it this morning, as is evidenced by the shirt you have on. Yes. Laura, who are you? Laura Ladone. Yes. And Laura has been with us forever. Basically. I joined on the two-year anniversary. The two-year anniversary. Yes. Praise the Lord. Laura is one of the one of the people that has been kind enough to sit through all of my sermons over all these years. And then he, she is not alone, or they are not alone. We have somebody else. Who else is here? Dave Brown, originally from Ohio, left there. Good land to come to Washington, D.C. 53 years ago. Wow. 53 years ago. Dave's been living in D.C. longer than I've been alive. <laughs> All right, so we've got one, two, three, four, five of us, and we're all going to get two books apiece, except I'm going to sneak one in for three. All right, so Lexi, you're first. What book would you commend and why? I am recommending A Typical Woman by Abigail Dodds. Um, It's a book that helps self-identified, complementarian women follow Christ within the context of the local church. Wow. I think that's what makes her book a little bit... um, better maybe than other books because it's everything she says is couched in the fact that not only um as as a woman am i made in the image of god with equal dignity worth and value but 
um, how I should live that out should be in the context of a local church. So she really talks about, she gives this great analogy of if you're in a family and someone writes a letter to your family and then singles you out and says, Nathan, you're gonna pay special attention to the part where it singles you out. Right. But the whole letter still applies to you and that's yep. how women should view the Bible. I think of um, scripture like Titus 2 mm-hmm. um, where it singles out women like I should pay, you know, special attention to right. that. However, um, Matthew 28 the great commission still applies to me and yeah. I should read the whole Bible and know the whole Bible and Amen. I should love Christ and run hard after him. Um, in the context of a local church, and she just gives really practical ways of what that might look like as a woman. Excellent. That isn't formulaic because so it's many. Not, life is not formulaic. Life is not formulaic, and yeah. church life is not formulaic. That's exactly so, right. Amen. Highly recommend. At the end of every chapter, there are discussion questions. So I think it's a great book to read with other women in the church. Men, obviously, open for you to read it as well, just yeah. to get an idea. I think it's good to know. Um, you know, our church is complementarian. We got to yeah. know what that means. So, yeah, yeah. Typical, highly recommend. Typical woman. Yeah, a a typical. A typical. So it's kind woman. of a play on words. You know, I get this it, yeah. is what a typical woman should be in Christ, but it's also different. Yes, Abigail than Dodds. What the world says. So you're getting at if you're interested in complementarian stuff, but secondly, complementarian stuff inside the life of a church. What does that look like? Yes, Abigail Dodds. All right, Abigail there you Dodds. go. Next on the rotation is none other than the Laura Ladone, who is world famous, or we should say Restoration Church famous, for her book reading. Uh, We won't even mention on this podcast how many books she's possibly read, but let's just say that it's all of us in this room and all of the listeners probably combined. But nevertheless, off you go, Laura. So the first book I'm going to talk about is Prayer in the Night by Tish Harrison Warren. Yes. for the, the subtitle is for those who work or watch or weep. It is work a, who work or watch or, or watch or weep. Weep. Okay. So it is about trusting God in struggles, like in the dark yeah. nights of the soul, in when it's hard, when it's dark, when your life is not easy. Yeah. Because of your work or your watch or your weeping. What does he mean by watch? Um, she mean by watch. just what you what you're seeing going on what ah, you're what I you're see. standing against okay um, and so she comes from a, a different Christian denomination and yep. her, so she sort but of she believes the gospel yes absolutely. yeah amen and um, she frames this book around the prayers the prayer of compline which I don't really compline yes it okay. is a, a written prayer yeah. that um, after she had a miscarriage, this was how she sort okay. of, this is how she worked through um, her salvation in fear and trembling, Good. continuing to trust God yeah. by these, by this prayer that had already been written and using that to comfort her soul. Is it sort of like prayer, like liturgical prayers yes. of uh, lament? Yes. Yes. And her, her first book is also about liturgy, yeah. um, liturgies of the ordinary, but Good. this one is this one is Prayer in the Night for Those Who Work or Watch or Weep Good. by Trish Harrison Warren. Yeah, good. So so Katie Rousseau also recommended that book. She wanted that to get out. Uh, and um, I think it sort of sounds like it's a good complimentary to Mark Vrogop's book on deep, Dark Clouds, mm. Deep Mercy, when he talks about lament. And so this is putting it into practice because some of us, when we are going through those hard times, we don't know how to pray or want to pray. And it's helpful to have some prayers that have been written for us that we could just join with. Absolutely. Sounds like that what she says. Pray, say it one more time. The title? 
prayer in the night. Prayer for those in the... who work or watch or weep. Excellent. Thank you, Laura. All right, Dave Brown, the one, the only. Yeah, there we go. Here we go. Um, the book. This is... one's appropriate for this yeah. time of year. Yes, that's why I chose it. Yeah. A bit timely. It's uh, by a friend of ours, a friend of ours, Daniel Darling, mm-hmm. and uh, Dan is one of the great young writers in uh, in Christendom. It's called The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. And it really is a wonderful antidote for the mythologies that plague us out in the culture and that drift in the church Mm. about these characters. And Dan is such a good writer and a good biblical uh, scholar that the stories are contextualized, interpreted, by the text, and there are 11 characters, including uh, Jesus's uh, family tree, he unpacks that. But one of the fascinating uh, characters of the Bible for me for for many, many years has been... um, Say uh, Simeon, say Simeon. Is Simeon. Yeah, I did do, that was not planned. Is is Simeon. I love Simeon. and, uh, and Dan does a good job in it. But one of the things that I wanted uh, to uh, share was that um, in Matthew 520, which you, which you did not mention this morning, mm-hmm. but blessed are those who are pure in heart, mm-hmm. purification, yeah, okay. for they will see, see. Jesus. Yeah, that's and good. one of the greatest examples of that is in, uh, in Simeon. In, um, it reads in Luke 2.29, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Isn't that interesting that he says see, he's see, looking at Jesus and yes. he says seen. And he's in the midst of the priestly craft that's yep. going on yep. in the temple. Yep. So he's, he's seeing the whole work. He's seeing what you talked about this morning, yep. the priestly work, the sacrificial right. work that's going on around there, yep. plus this uh, intercessory yeah. work. So we're seeing the whole nine yards. And I think what, what is really important is that when we read the Bible and we read stories like this, there's always a question, there's something more behind it. Yeah. And that is pointing at. Now, um, my second book, I will tie this into a work of John Piper uh, called Seeing and Savoring yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, now, hey, hang on before you pass the mic there, yeah. Dave. True or false? The wise men were there right after Jesus was born. No, probably not. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Another reason to go read this book. Okay. Several years. Yes, probably a couple, at least a couple years, probably. Okay. It's only two hours long, so we got to put it together. There we go. <laughs> That's right. All right, Forrest, here we go. Um, this is the book. Now, so everybody knows Forrest Holcomb is one of the, in, one of the only intern. <laughs> make it sound like we have a bunch. Uh, we have tons. We have one. Forrest Holcomb is an intern of Restoration Church in advance of his going into med school. So he's having to read books in addition to doing other things. And one of the books that he was already reading before the internship is a Restoration Church personal favorite that you literally can't buy. Great job choosing this book, Forrest. No, no, no. You have to come to Nathan and you have to That's right. have a meeting with him That's and right. borrow it. You can borrow it. I think you can find this book now. I think like if you go to Amazon, sure. you can probably find like, oh, but it's out eBay. of print. Yeah, 1978. What is it? What do we, we got here? We belong together. The meaning of fellowship. We by belong Bruce together. Milne. Um, yeah. So th- this book, I was telling you, Nathan, the other day, I was telling Becca, as I look back on 
2021 and in a part of 2020 as well, I think I've realized one thing, and that is we belong together. Um, and so Bruce Milne just kind of goes through, uh, my question to you is I want to know how to practically yeah. love the church, and I want to know how to practically serve the church and what that means and looks like, and this is the book you handed me. And I think Did it, it is... Did it accomplish our, your... Yes. Okay, good. Um, and it's also been complimented by Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together. Yeah, Quick plug. yeah, good. Um, Another good but, uh, small. This is a small book. Yeah, this is you only... You can literally like put it in your back pocket. something pages. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he, he kind of talks about what fellowship is, koinonia. Koinonia, uh, famous, well-known word, but most people don't know what it is or what it looks like. Good, go. Yeah, so uh, what, what it means, why it matters, love, fellowship of the Spirit. He go, dives into the, uh, the fellowship meal, the Lord's Supper. Um, but one of the things that really, you know, practically stood out to me, two things. Uh, one, he has this quote, the neighborhood bar is possibly the best counterfeit there is for, fellowship, for the fellowship Christ wants to give his church. It's an imitation dispensing liquor instead of grace, escape rather than reality, but it's permissive, accepting, and inclusive fellowship. Mm-hmm. It's unshockable. It is democratic. You can tell people secrets, they, and they usually don't tell others or even don't want to. The bar flourishes not because most people are alcoholics, but because God has put the human heart, uh, it put into the human heart a desire to know and be known, to love and be loved, and to seek, and so many seek a counterfeit at the price of a few beers. Ooh, and I think that's, that's strong right yeah, there. That, that was another hit uh, TV sitcom called Cheers. Cheers, oh right, oh, yeah, Cheers. Kind of describing that. Yeah, and I, and I feel like this is, he just makes the case for the church should be that place. Yeah. Um, and one of the ways he does that, he says, Jesus got involved at the price of a cross. How can it be that there is so little of his cross about our living? To love means to be vulnerable, accepting responsibility, giving ourselves away. Is this perhaps the reason why we're so uninvolved with human needs so much of the time? Our refusal to take up the cross. Do we not all confess, confess to a selfishness which clings to its own rights, to our material affluence, our hoarded leisure time, our family privacy, our right to order our lives for ourselves, and which resist our lives shaken up and disordered by the unpredictable and demanding responsibility of really caring for others in need in our church? And so, yeah, I just found it so helpful. He gives examples from the New Testament. He talks about how we love others with our finances, how we love the church with our exhortations, with our prayers, with our intercessions. We yes. today. Yep. So I, I found it exceptionally helpful. Wonderful. That is That book is fantastic for a thousand reasons. If you like that quote that Forrest gave, that book has tons more quotes mm-hmm. like it. He's a very good writer. Uh, he's very compelling. Uh, and so, yeah, so if you're looking to try to understand fellowship and what that looks like, for especially after a season where we've all been pushed mm-hmm. apart, this is a great book to uh, work through. It looks like the cover looks like it was, you know, published in 1972, right? Uh, Dave, do you remember both titles like that look like this? Yeah. Yeah. And and, and they grow yellow. And they grow. They do grow yellow. <laughs> so if you're looking to understand fellowship, we belong together, Bruce Milne. If you're looking to understand the Christmas story a little better, look for again the name of the book was Dan Darling. The characters of the Christmas. characters of Christmas. If you're looking to understand prayers of liturgy, uh, prayers in the night and now my i finally get to go so uh the one that i'm going to recommend and shout out ladies and gentlemen uh shout out to ruth etzensberger in switzerland where we had a book recommendation come all the way across the pond and wouldn't you know it was the same book that i was going to recommend so ruth if you're listening i love you we miss you and thank you for this recommendation i was already going to recommend it and the book is rejoice and tremble by Michael Reeves, Rejoice and Tremble. If you like Gentle and Lowly, which we gave out today, which is a fantastic book, I would argue that these two books, that would be like volume one, Gentle and Lowly, and then volume two would be this one, Rejoice and Tremble. 
because this book is talking about the surprising good news of the fear of the Lord. Now, I was reading this book back early in the year when we were going through Exodus. Y'all remember that? And so Exodus is talking a lot about the fear of the Lord. And so this book is trying to help you understand, first of all, the biblical um, frequency with which we see the fear of the Lord coming up. And then secondly, why it's good news. One sentence to commend the book with. Here it is. Michael Reeves says on page 25, Anxiety grows best in the soil of unbelief. It withers in the contact with faith. And faith is fertilized by the fear of God. So he's going to help you see that, yes, God is gentle and lowly of heart. Yes, amen. But he's also a God to be feared. And that actually is good news. And he's going to kind of help you see why that's good news. And so if you're wanting to understand the fear of the Lord and the utility of the fear of the Lord, this would be a fantastic book. Once again, it is a small book, less than 200 pages, 163 pages. Uh, very, very good book to understand the fear of the Lord and how helpful it is. Okay, here we're going to go. Another pass around. And now we come back to Alexandra, not Perez, but more. Yes, and I have another Michael Reeves book. Do you really? He is a great author. Michael Reeves is fantastic. Michael Reeves. There's been some people that don't like his writing. Oh. Which is weird to me. Yeah, because I, I think really he's enjoy fantastic. him. But hey, that's okay. We all have our different preferences. Yeah, that's so fine. I'm going to commend Michael Reeves, Delighting in the Trinity, which is about 130 pages on Small the Trinity. Book again. Um, but his aim in writing is to help the Christian love God more because of their understanding of the Trinity. And I will admit, um, before I read this book, I I feel like my knowledge was really weak on the Trinity. Yep. Um, I feel like I read scriptures differently yep. now that I see how the Holy Spirit, Jesus and God is working for all of redemptive history for my salvation. Um, the book is rich with doctrine and lots of church history, but it's also super accessible. Yeah, very easy to read. Easy to read. Yep. I've gone through this book with countless college student girls. Yep. It won a bunch of awards. Yeah, two it's years ago. it's really easy to read. Super, um, super helpful. So why should you read this book? Well, one, it helps with your apologetics. Um, it really attacks monotheistic religions. And helps. What in the world does that mean, Lexi? Oh, um, Monotheistic religions. Religions where there's only one God. So Wait a minute. Do we worship numerous gods? <laughs> we worship I thought you said this was helping you. One with your... God and three persons. Okay, sorry. Um, but Islam comes up a lot. Yeah, good. And um, it also kind of gets at why Judaism falls on its face without yeah. Christ. Yep. Um, but So apologetics-wise, super helpful. But also, if you are in a season of doubting, despair, uncertainty, um, but also if you're rejoicing in Christ as well. Which um, is another book, by the way, which, by Michael by Reeves. By Michael Reeves, yeah, Rejoicing yeah. in Christ. Yeah. Um, I just think you're growing in your understanding of the Trinity will increase your fear of the Lord, and it will provide so much assurance of salvation when you see how every person of the Trinity accomplished your salvation in Christ. You just know the love of the Lord. And yeah. I, I've found that meditating on the love of the Lord helps with fears, doubts, anxieties, uncertainties. So yeah. I just commend this book to you. It's so good. Also um, set up to be read in small groups. So yeah. uh, another great book to go through with the church. Yeah, you could read with numerous people. Yeah. Yeah. Has, David? Has, has, it, has it helped you to read the Bible Trinitarianly? Trinitarianly? I, I think you just made a word up. Mm -hmm. It has. So when we were going through Luke yeah. way back when. That was two years ago. 
But we were in it for like a year and a half, we it were. felt like. Yes, yes, yes. Um, we I saw the that. Trinity. You felt like that because it was true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the Trinity all over Luke in a way where you can't, even with the baptism of Jesus, Jesus yep. is being baptized, baptized, the dove is descending, the Lord is saying, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Then he goes into the desert and he's tempted and like yep. the Holy Spirit, he's quoting scripture. Like there's, you just see the you see the Trinity all over scripture. And then finally with the Holy Spirit, I just, I personally feel like it's just an area that most evangelical Christians are weak in. Maybe I'm wrong, but um, I just felt like this really strengthened my understanding of the Holy Spirit, who he is, and just seeing him all over from Genesis to Revelation. And a lot of books on the Trinity are really hard to understand, but this one. It's so easy. It's like yeah. for lay people, but I do have a friend who read it in seminary. So yes. I just think that just goes yes. to show really rich with doctrine, really rich with church history, made me grow in my love for church history, but also so easy to apply. Yeah, Michael Reeves teaches church history over in uh, England. Okay, that yeah. makes sense. So yeah, so it's accessible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I would argue, I, you could almost read this book devotionally. It's that beautiful and compelling, I think. Mm -hmm. So it's a fantastic book. That book, uh, if you were to ask a lot of kind of Christian leaders today, I bet they would put that book in the top 10. It's small, it's beautiful, it's compelling, and it's explanatory. Yeah, yeah. it really does help you love love the Lord more. Yeah, what has God been doing from eternity? Loving, Loving himself. himself. Yeah, in Boom. community. In community. So guess for it. That goes back to Forrest's book. Okay, so we've talked about fellowship, the fear of the Lord. We've talked about delighting in the Trinity. We've talked about Christmas. We've talked about prayers of liturgy. Now, Laura Ladone, it comes to you. I'm going to go somewhere somewhere slightly different All right. and recommend a novel called okay. Doomsday Book. Doomsday by, Book. By Connie Willis. Sounds very uplifting. <laughs> um, so this is part of her... Oxford time travel series. Okay. So it's about this group of historians yes. in at Oxford yep. and in this world she's created, they yep. can time travel okay. to the his, to history and observe. They can't change anything. Okay. They have to work really hard to go in costume and just observe, but they yeah. like these historians have this great research opportunity. Mm. And there is a historian who really wants to see a medieval Christmas mass in a small town. Interesting. And so she's getting sent back, and and it is something goes wrong. Okay. And I can't imagine that happening <laughs> in a novel. And so she she gets sent back instead of to this time before a plague hits, during the year the plague hits. Uh -huh. And so it's it's sad. There's a richness to um, to the community you see there. Yeah. The the priest cares for his parishioners okay. and um and it's after a year and a half in a pandemic it's an interesting read mm. but i think worth it okay and uh the reason to read something like this you fiction helps us uh with compassion and empathy yeah. by reading a novel you're you're able to better see how someone else thinks. Mm -hmm. it, it really awakens that in, in you. So yeah, good. something to consider. Good. That is Doomsday Book by Connie Willis. Doomsday Book. Yes. Excellent. Sounds fun. <laughs> We're not commending the Roman Catholic justification doctrine, but we can this read is, good this books. Is before the Reformation. Oh yeah. Oh good. Well they yeah, needed yeah, Reformation. Set before the Reformation. Good. So there was no other, there was yes. No other they didn't have any other options. 
Excellent. All right, good. By Dave Brown, my second closer. Book, you got to get that thing closer. There you go. The the second book that I would uh, recommend highly is from another old friend of ours, John Piper, who's like a pair Did of. You hang out, have nice, coffee with him last week. No, not yet. <laughs> we're we're scheduling that. Okay, good. Uh, good Minnesota's good. bad. This yeah, woo, that's true. <laughs> um, but uh, but I read this twenty years ago. It was uh, John wrote it twenty years ago, and I've been rereading it mm. along with uh, Daniel's book. And the Simeon tie is pretty cool. Uh, what what Piper has done here, I think, is very helpful to help us to better understand what Simeon saw. Mm-hmm. And also, what's behind uh, Matthew 5, 8, mm-hmm. pure in heart shall see, mm-hmm. um, in explaining that. And what Joey always, you do this too, but mm-hmm. Joey says it all the, same, all the time, seeing and savoring mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And like, what is that? Well, I think Piper does an extraordinary job. It's not an academic piece. It's more of a devotional piece. Each little chapter that he has in here, there are 10 of them, uh, he follows with wonderful prayer about um, wanting to see and savor and delight and treasure in, uh, in Christ. And he writes this, there's no more important issue in life than seeing Jesus for who he really is and savoring him above all things. So I think it, it's, it's a really helpful antidote because we get hung up in, in the journey in the journey and all the experiences and all that sort of thing along the journey or the path and not the destination yes and the destination is the person of christ amen so um that is a great little john john piper yeah and that would go that's kind of uh in keeping with this series if you're enjoying this series through hebrews 1 that book kind of helps you uh i have a copy of it it's literally right in front of me but i can't find it uh, but anyway, it walks you through how to do this. Like you said, Simeon seeing and savoring Christ. We've been doing that walking through these sermon series in Hebrews. And so this book will kind of keep you going. And once again, it's small. Yes. Yeah, yes. compelling. Excellent. Dave, yep. great suggestion. All right, Forrest Holcomb, All right. intern at Restoration Church. I'm, uh, I'm going to shift gears from a book that was not recommended to me by the church. Okay. Um, but <gasps> I, I, I know. Wait a minute. How I've dare gone, they? I've gone off the rocker here. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> but um, I, I just want to make a general uh, call to read good Christian biographies uh, yes. of Amen. solid men and women in the faith. Yes. Um, I haven't read this book, but I think uh, 21 Service of Sovereign Joy. Okay, yeah. I, I think something I, was, like I that. thought you were about to read <laughs> a book you hadn't read yet. No, but a yeah, book yes. like that, I know you gave that to the church planners. Yes, um, that's right. Short little biographies. That's a fantastic yeah. book. But the, the book that I did read this year that was just really encouraging to me was this uh, book called The Sword and the Scapel. Uh, and it's a book by Lori Lutz, L-U-T-Z, and Dr. Bob Foster. Okay. Uh, Dr. Foster was, uh, he passed away in 2012. My parents actually knew him um, mm-hmm. and his family. And he was a missionary in Angola, Africa. He was actually born in Africa uh, and died in Africa. Mm. Uh, he died at the age of 87 and he was a doctor. And he kind of just, the book just describes his entire life. His family, uh, his parents were missionaries. He grew up in Africa. He comes to the U.S., becomes a doctor. And he goes back, and it's just encouraging to see uh, his faith. He, when he was 83, he was camping for six weeks in the Angolan bush, trying wow. to build a clinic so they could share the gospel with this group. Uh, and so it just was encouraging, and he, he has this quote. He says, I was just looking for a place 
just so humble to use the gifts God had given me. I wish more young people would do that. Mm. And uh, and Amen. so it just and it talks about his struggles and his life was really, really hard uh, wow. in Africa. They nothing was easy, nothing was convenient. Um, he describes this one time. You know, they would go in and they would have a medical clinic and they would share the gospel and they go into he walks into the exam room and none of the patients want to come in the room and he walks in and there is a black mamba one of the most mm. poisonous snakes in the mm. world in the mm. rafters and oh. so he goes outside and he says who will come with me to kill the mamba so we can <laughs> do the medical care and and no one came and he says so who will come with me trying to motivate the people yeah and finally one of the old men comes forward he goes we won't go with you, but we'll pray. <laughs> and uh, he goes in and he has to, did, you know, that's a small example of just little things he had to do to advance. And, and he kept doing that literally until the day he died. He, he didn't retire uh, and actually ended up, he had come to the U.S. for some reason and ended up moving back to Angola to die there. Wow. Uh, and continue to share the gospel. And, and Billy Graham has this quote, and I, I can't remember it, but he said something along the lines of, uh, what was it? Dr. Sorry, I'm going to turn my phone here. Some guy. I believe Bob, Dr. Foster, this is yep. Billy Graham writing, is the number one missionary states, statesman in the evangelical world today, and the man God has used in a mighty way to open up new frontiers for the gospel in some of the roughest areas of Africa. Amen. So just encouraging. Yeah. And uh, any, so any Christian biography, I think, would be encouraging to yeah. read. Man, I could not endorse that more. Yeah, that is so true. So many times I'm taught, I'm encouraged, I'm inspired by reading Christian biographies. Yeah. And, so, and there are so many good ones out there. So uh, if you're looking to just get encouraged or inspired in following Jesus, or maybe rebuked by listening to their sacrifice, find a good Christian biography. Here's one that Forrest has recommended. I'm sure if you talk to somebody else in the church, most folks have read at least one that they would, they would no, pass along. Hudson Taylor's Spiritual Hudson Taylor's, Secret. Yeah, Such an incredible That's guy. a fantastic one. Yeah. Here I Stand, yeah. Roland uh, Ray Baton's on Luther. There's so many good ones yeah. out there. Yes, Dave wants to share something. Yeah, let me, uh, a wonderful anthology yeah. of 21 micro or mini biographies. It was done by John Piper. Yeah, he just mentioned that just yeah. a minute ago. It's yeah, it's called uh, 21 Servants of Sovereign Joy, subtitled yeah. Faithful, Flawed, and Fruitful. Yes. And, uh, and Piper is also a terrific biographer. Yes, yes, he is. And if you're really, really interested in that book, whether the the one that you just mentioned, the 21 Servants of Sovereign Joy, like you're like, man, I'd really like to get my hands on that. Come talk to me. Come talk to me. I'll leave it at that. Okay, here's my, I'm going to give two. I'm going to make it brief. The first one, the second one I'm going to recommend is called The New Reformation by Shai Lin. All right. If you were here this morning at the service. Nathan rapped. I rapped in the service. That was so funny. Last night I was talking to Katie. We were at a place and, and I told her that I might mention this from Shy Lynn and she, about this rap song from Shy Lynn. And Katie said, what can we do to make you not do that? Uh, so anyway, Shy Lynn's fantastic. Um, so uh, the New Reformation, finding hope in the fight for ethnic unity. So in all the conversations that we have been having as a nation uh, about the issues relating to systemic racism or racism in general or structural racism or however you want to say that, even the conversations around CRT and all those, all those conversations. Uh, I've read a bunch of books. This is the best one I've read. Once again, it's small. Shai Lin is a friend. He loves Jesus. And uh, here's what he says about it. He says, the new reformation is diverse, extraordinarily diverse. 
The new Reformation is black and white, male and female, youthful and elderly, Republican and Democrat, metropolitan and rural. It's scholarly and it lacks formal education. It's blue collar and white collar. It's upper class and lower class, international, multilingual, multicultured. It's blood bought and it's glorious. This is the new Reformation, Sola Deo Gloria. So Shai starts out by telling his story about being raised as an African-American man in Philadelphia. So he walks through his experiences as an African-American man in, in America. And that will give you a lot of insight. But then he moves into Scripture and helps us understand how to walk this out, these issues related to racism and the like. And I just found this to be non-tribal, which is hard to find on this issue. I found it to be biblical and hopeful and yet still honest. Uh, and so, man, if you're looking for a book to try to get behind the issues relating to race, the New Reformation, that book, I think, unlike the other ones, is in the bookstall. Delighting in the Trinity is in the bookstall. Um, I think that's the other one. All right, Seeing and Savoring may be down there. It's not, says the intern. Okay. I know we have a copy of this one. All right, okay, so here we go. Last one. Here we go. And the last one that I'm going to recommend, I got three. And this one is Love Thy Body, Nancy R. Piercy. You guys remember our sermon series through the body? So you'll notice all these books. My one about rejoicing tremble was about the fear of the Lord. That came out of Exodus study. This book came out of my study when we were going through the body. So this book is amazing. So listen, she says this. She says, in Love Thy Body, this is actually an introduction. Somebody else probably is writing this. I don't know who. Doesn't matter. Here we go. Here's what it says. In Love Thy Body, we will move beyond. So it is her. She says we. We will move beyond clickbait headlines and trendy slogans to uncover the worldview that drives the secular ethic. By learning the core principles of this worldview, you will be able to engage intelligently and compassionately on all of today's most controversial moral challenges. She goes on to say the key to understanding all the controversial issues of our day is that the concept of the human being has likewise been fragmented into upper and lower story. Secular thought today assumes a body-person split, with the body being defined in the fact realm by empirical science, lower story, and the person defined in the values realm as the basis for rights, upper story. This dualism has created a fractured, fragmented view of the human being in which the body is treated as separate from the, quote, authentic self. Mm -hmm. This book is so good because it's not just a bunch of, you know, yeah, it, it's good because it's getting behind the worldview uh, of all of these things regarding LGBT stuff or even abortion, any, all these ethical issues. She's getting behind the assumed worldview that the average person you talk to that might trumpet those things has not actually thought out. And she kind of deconstructs that worldview and she shows you how the view, the biblical worldview of the body is actually comprehensive and uniting in the world in which we live. It's basically what we tried to do in that sermon series, but she does it way better than mm -hmm. I did uh, by talking about from the frame of worldview. It is so good. It's probably the longest book other than the novel Laura recommended. It's less than 300 pages though. Uh, Love Thy Body by Nancy Piercy. So guys, we got books on the body, the physical body. We got books on fellowship. We got books on race. We got books on fear of the Lord. We got books on seeing and savior. We got books on Christmas. And Laura had a novel about Christmas that was no? Yes? Ish? Yes. Okay. 
And then we got a book on delighting in the Trinity about complementarianism in the local church. And that's just scratching the surface. Laura, I'm putting you on the spot here. So any recommendation? Uh, why should people read good books? You do a lot of reading, probably most re more reading than anybody else in the church. Why should people read books in addition to the Bible? So it's a way of being in communication with someone else, with other people who have thought deeply about something that you have not thought about, or maybe has, have not thought about in the same way. Uh, read books by people who you agree with to go more deeply. Read books by people who you disagree with to sharpen why you disagree with them. Yeah. Um, Good. Or people where you're not really sure what you think and yeah. see what you're bouncing up against. Yeah. See what you see what you can um, learn from and just go more deeply into it. Yeah, they're good conversation partners. Yeah, they're good conversation partners. They learn. Podcasts are awesome. Maybe we'll do another podcast on podcasts. Uh, Lexi's saying yes. Dave wants to say something else. Yeah, Dave, you got to make it fast. Just uh, C.S. Lewis once observed, we read to remember that we're not alone. Amen. Yeah, so there's a lot to learn from a lot of people out there. The Lord has been speaking to a lot of different people, and so... Read good books and read them in community. Go grab somebody else and read the book together. If you picked up a, a, a copy of Gentle and Lowly, go read that book with other people. You read a couple chapters, they read a couple chapters, go have coffee, talk about it. You want to pick up Shai Lin's book to talk about race, go read that one. Talk about it with somebody else. So you can read books alone, uh, you can read books in community, but no matter what, serve the Lord Jesus Christ and know that everything is underneath Him. And so these are just a few good books. Once again, I'll put all of the books and their authors uh, either in the show notes or in the email that I send this out. One of the two, if not both. Uh, and if you lost one, just email me or text me and say, Nathan, what was that book that Lexi talked about? Or just go talk to Lexi, even better. Or Forrest, Forrest the intern. All right. <laughs> Restoration Church, I love you. I thank God for you. Each of you, I thank God for you. Thanks for taking the extra time to help. And guys, keep the conversation going. Uh, I was emailed a few books that I didn't get to. And so you guys share good books, read good books. But most of all, read the greatest book of all, uh, which is God's Word. And so I love you. Keep your eyes on Jesus and enjoy a good book.